Hi guys, I'm Brad Montgomery and welcome to The Breakdown. And here we talk about different topics in science, psychology, and investing. Today we're going to talk about the home buying process. Before we get started, if you missed us, you can always catch any of our episodes by going to kfoxtv.com. Now let's break it down. And we're with Veronica Regosa. She's a branch manager with UHM. And we're going to be talking about basically the home buying process and why people need to see you and what they can learn from you by seeing you. Well, thank you, Brad. I appreciate the introduction. Uh, UHM actually stands for Union Home Mortgage. I'm a branch manager with this company, and I, I love being here. Uh, thank you for welcoming uh, me. Now, I had a quick question because you were t- telling me earlier when we had talked that you do things a little bit differently uh, because of the experience that you had. So what was the experience that you had kind of coming in before we got to be where you are now? And how do you use that to kind of help people a little more? Um, so I purchased my home about 26 years ago and in purchasing a home, it's the biggest investment you're ever going to do. Right. Um, I, uh, it's the first time that, that I purchased this home and I just wanted it to be perfect. But in doing that, um, you, there's a lot of questions that needed to be asked. And at that time I wasn't in the industry. I didn't know any of the questions that I should have asked. And I just left it up to the loan officer to guide me. And in doing that, there were a lot of things that were said that were left unsaid. And not just and, and it being unsaid, there were it was very important that, that these um, items get addressed. Like, for instance, um, does your mortgage payment include your taxes and insurance or what's my interest rate? Um, believe it or not, at that point in time, I we just signed papers. And so today, of course, there's a lot of things um that are in place right now by regulators that um, don't allow that to happen. You you have to actually get information today, whether it's um, provided to you verbally or uh, or not. It's uh, you're going to be getting documentation that states all of this information. Okay. So it's it's there for the protection for both the lender and the customer. And and so now, how long have you been working, and how long have you been doing it yourself? How long have you been in the business, and what are some of the things that you learned now? So quite a bit. I've been in the industry now for 23 years. Um, and in 23 years, um, there's a lot of um, peaks and valleys, you know, peaks and valleys. You, um, with learning of, you know, every customer is going to be different. Um, you you want to make sure that um, you're coming across um, the most informed person. Um, and um, you, you want to make sure that you're doing right by the customer. Um, absolutely, they need to know what they're getting into, what's to be expected, um, short term and long term. That's you know? good. Yeah, for sure. And um, so, my my ultimate goal is to get a lifelong customer where um, they're gonna they're gonna do their loan, and when their kids grow up, their kids are gonna come to me oh, nice. um, because there's that that feeling, that family feeling, where you know what I got all this information for Veronica. As a matter of fact, when am I? Um, first customers uh, that I ever had, um, they were, uh, they contacted me because we once that closed on their loan, it was, every loan is going to be, again, again, a little bit different, but theirs was just a little bit, um, needed a little bit more care. And in doing that, um, they remembered me. So one of their first um, daughters, um, they she graduated from UTEP and um, she got married and she wanted to get her house. So they introduced her to me. And then soon after, about two years later, their other daughter also, um, she was ready to buy a house and they introduced her to me. So that that is the biggest compliment nice. we can ever get. 
Now, now that we've learned a little bit about you and, and where you are, we want to actual, actually go into the process of applying for a mortgage. And we have a viewer question to start us off. Yes, we do, Brad. So our viewer question today comes from Liani, and she wants to know, have on-screen portrayals like HGTV affected how people view the home buying process? Has it made things appear too simple or given people a misconception of what to expect? Um, I, I believe it does give um, just just not a really good reality idea of, of what is expected. It does make it seem like it's really simple uh, because it make it does a lot of fast forwarding, right? Um, you go and look for a house and uh, the right neighborhood, and then all of a sudden you go through the the entire process of you know fixing the house or finding the right house and and be close. I mean everything within a thirty minute time frame or an hour. Um, but uh, it, it's nothing like that. And so the whole idea behind the beginning and the end, it's true. You, you're you're going to find a house and they're going to you're going to close on the house. Right. It's not that quick. But it's not that quick. For the most part, it's it takes about 30 days for us to do it once you find the house. Now, right now, the turn time um, is about 21 days. And I say 21 days because it takes about maybe 10 to 12 days for an appraisal to come in. Um, but for the lender to do everything that we need to do, it takes about 21 days. So, and let's let's talk about the process. So what are the steps to prepare to buy a home? So, you know, before you just hit the streets or, I mean, a lot of times, let's face it, you find something you like. A lot of times it does kind of happen, not necessarily in the order you want. But once you realize you do want to buy a home, what is the first thing you need to do as far as, you know, if we want to get into this home, we need to talk to somebody. What should people be prepared to do? Well, so what I would recommend that you do, I'm going to, I'm going to use you as an example, okay. um, Brad. You're, you came to me and you said, Veronica, look, listen, I, I heard um, a friend of mine bought a house with you and I need to know what to do. I just started my job um, a year and a half ago and... Um, um, I'm going to get married in, in a couple of months. What, what do I need to do? So first of all, what is your comfort level? I mean, you're going to get married. You're going to, you're looking at a big expense right there for a wedding or whatever. So just taking that into consideration, I definitely want to as your lender, right? So, um, are you renting right now? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm paying $1,200 a month. Okay, great. Um, what is your comfort level? You know, and, and how are you going to be comfortable with the payment? Are, have you spoken to your fiance about this? Is this something that has been in discussion? Um, hey, listen, let's, let's go and buy a new house. And one thing too, I want to mention, and it's not really said enough, you want to keep things stable while you're in this process. Uh, because there was a story when I was taking some real estate classes mm -hmm. and one of the brokers was telling us a story about the, these people were approved for this house. You know, and then they went and they bought thousands and thousands of dollars mm -hmm. in furniture. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they came back where they weren't approved anymore mm -hmm. and they didn't understand why. And he didn't understand why. And they started talking about it and they go, oh yeah, we went out and we bought all this furniture. And the guy was like, well, you shouldn't have done that. So you want to keep things steady. So I remember when I went, they're going to ask you for all kinds of documents to find out, you know, so be ready. The, the, the joke is that you give blood because they want to know where you are exactly and what you can afford. And the way they help you figure that out is a lot of documentation. So the standard documentation is we're going to ask you for a full month of pay stubs. Okay. okay? The pay stubs is to find out um, the, the whole idea of how you get paid. Right. 
um, you know, most people get paid um, every two weeks or biweekly. Um, so we want to see what is being taken out of the, the paycheck. Sometimes people get paid uh, their, their uh, child support only taken out once a month. Um, I'm sorry, uh, one pay period. And so we need to just make sure, like, how is that being done? Um, there's just a lot to be said about looking at a complete month of payroll. So also we look at the W-2s. We need to make sure that we request a full two years of income statements. And that's That's just the W-2s. So some people think, oh, well, here are my tax returns. Well, we tax returns are fine, but it doesn't give us the name of your employer. So we we definitely need the the W-2s. And we're also going to ask for bank statements. We're going to ask for two months of bank statements. And that's because you're going to be required to put a down payment um, for those of you that are are, uh, going into different types of uh, financing, most um, programs require that, that you put a down payment. So we need to see what, how, if, if you have the money available, if it's been seasoned, are you borrowing the money? Is is there just a big deposit recently that, is that a loan? Do you have to pay it back? You know, so there's a lot of questions. And I remember that too, where if there was something that they needed an explanation for, mm-hmm. And so I had to go and I got an explanation. Okay, here's what this is. And, you know, it's okay. <laughs> okay to to factor in or to use. Yeah. And, and so going back to, to buying all the stuff, that just comes from the very get-go. Right. The, the very first things that, that we're talking about, when you're applying, we've already pulled credit. And, and before you leave my office or before we leave the conversation, I'm going to ask you, during this time, because you're applying for mortgage, please do not open new accounts. Right. Yep. No, you know, don't don't go uh, open a new credit card for the Think new steady. things. Yes, <laughs> um, don't lend out credit. Right. Don't lend out money from your accounts because your 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 friend just is going to borrow some money. All that is is fine and good in in a different um, a situation, right. but not while you're buying a house. Very good point. And that being said, about the the, uh, the your current credit line, I mean, you know, don't um, don't overspend. Uh, always make your payments on time. That is very important. Um, so it's it, all this plays a factor. And it, I know you guys can work with people to help get their credit back up. And I'll use myself as an example. I know you don't want to use like personal files as an example. So I'll use myself. Um, I had no credit mm-hmm. for a little while. I had paid off my student loans and I, you know, the bank told me, you know, well, keep one or two credit cards and I didn't listen to the bank. <laughs> so I said, no, I don't want any. And so I got rid of them and I was fine, going along, fine, going along. And then when I went through this process, when they got, you know, W-2s, fine, you know, employment, fine. And then they're like, oh, your credit score is, is, you know, like really, it's like, it was pretty low. It was like in the fives or something like that. And, and, and we learned something on two fronts. So I learned something on one front that I, I needed to have a credit card you know, or two to show that I can pay and responsible, et cetera. So he got me on two cards. He got me one that was kind of like a, you just make basic purchases, small purchases and pay it off right away. And then he got me another one where he said, you know, just pay this off every month. And the two of them together, they boosted my credit really, really quick. Yep. And he said, the reason was one of the guys asked actually, they said, why did it go up so fast? And he said, well, because he he had good credit before, there's just a gap missing here. And so then mine bounced up pretty quickly. And so I was pretty pleased by that and it did happen, you know, faster than I thought, right. which was nice because then I could get refocused on what I needed to do. But it really threw me off, you know, not having any credit cards. I thought that was a wonderful thing. 
And then I found out in my case, you know, every case can be different, but in my case, they said, no, it's not a wonderful thing. <laughs> so, it, And it's not. Um, so I'm going to give you an example. Um, in, in that situation, yes, if you pay off everything, there's nothing there to report to anybody. Exactly. So it's, it's like the, the, the wheel stops, mm -hmm. right? And so what I've told my customers is, um, I, I had a customer one just recently say, Veronica, but, but I'm paying all my accounts on time. Right. Everything, my, my mortgage, my loans, everything's paid on time. I've never been late. Why is my credit score so low? You know, and my, um, the, the, the best way I can explain this is this. If you're going uphill in a car, mm -hmm. right? And you jam pack it with everything, right? Heavy. And you're going uphill, you're still progressing, mm -hmm. but it's going very slow. Okay. Once, if you have a, uh, if you're like, if you have a credit limit of a thousand dollars and you're at a thousand dollars as far as your balance, then it's almost like you're saying, you know what, I'm going to back off. And that's what the credit bureaus basically are, are looking at is like, you're pretty much up there. Like, are you going to be okay with, with making your payment? Now that's only my perception. Mm -hmm. And when I have to compare it to someone and because sometimes people want to know it in, in the most layman's terms, right? Right. Uh, because it, it's it's hard to understand everything, and so that is my perception of how it how I see it. And so as soon as you take everything off the car, right, and just the minimal uh, stuff in there, and you're going up here, you're going to go much faster. And that's the way that you know I feel the credit is. Now, are there any? So you get all this documentation. You, you guys are sifting through it. Is there any way, you know? <sighs> Is there like a rough way that you guys kind of land on, on how much someone is able to afford, you know, without using specific numbers, but is there kind of a thing that where people can kind of maybe learn, okay, we have this much, so we'll be able to afford this much. And I know there's a varying range, but is there like a percentage of their salary or how, how does it? There, there is. Um, and it, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, okay. um, Brad. And so um, more importantly, um, if you make an appointment with your favorite yeah. loan officer, because I know there's there's reserves taken into account. I mean, there's all kinds of. So for that reason, we ask you for the full month of pay stubs and the W-2s, because um, once we pull credit, we're going to be able to identify what your what your debts are mm -hmm. and what you're looking to do. If you're if you say, Veronica, you know what? I really want a payment of about maybe eighteen hundred dollars a month, okay. no more. I mean, I'm going to take into consideration your, your current debt. Um, I'm going to then look to see what your ratios are. Like, how is it? How much How much debt, if, if I include everything, against your income, where you're going to be? And that's where your debt, your debt ratio is. So, like, let's say, for instance, I say, you know what? Based on all your information, Brad, I qualified you for $300,000, right? And do you have to go and find a house for $300,000? No. Because I'm going to Do people think you... that way? Or oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Really? Oh, interesting. And so they go look for 300, sometimes even 305, 310. Oh, wow. You know, if Trying I qualify for 300, money. I probably will. And yeah. so you really shouldn't do that. Um, stay with the factor. I'm, I'm going to give you what you what you should be, where your most comfortable level is, your um, payment is, where right. you said, I really want to stay at this point, but I'm going to still giving you, I'm still going to give you your purchasing power and say, but you really qualify for this. Now you can qual you can go and look for anything under this. I like that. So you okay. kind of give them both. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, because every now and then when, if you're out there looking, you find something you like and it ends up being a little more. Right. So that can easily happen. That's where that top limit kind of comes in. And, and you know, um, so I'm not going to definitely say, listen, if, if I said your purchasing power is at 300000 and you find like the absolutely dream home of right. 
you know, 305 or something, then we can go back and discuss, well, listen, you have a, you have an installment loan that's almost getting ready to get paid off. Maybe, you know, another five payments or something. You can look at paying that off, in which case that's going to allow you to purchase a little bit more. Yeah, read you up. Yeah. What are the different kinds of loans? This is where I really wanted to get into because you've got VA, you've got FHA. If we can kind of go over those and what each one allows the person to do, kind of how they work different from each other. Well, um, first and foremost, VA is, is for our military, okay. right? Um, you can be active or you can be retired. You can um, So that's just for our military. And that is 100% financing. Okay. They, they, are, um, they are by far, as far as financing, um, the best type of product, okay. right? There's no down payment there. For the most part, there's different criterias when you have more than one house. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna leave that open because there's a conversation that has to happen if you wanna buy another house and still wanna keep the other one. Okay? That's right, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah. so um, without getting into too many details. But um, so there's other type of financing, FHA, and that's for first time home buyers, right? Um, you can, uh, the, there's minimum down payments there. There's there's also a discussion for that. And for FHA, is it like 3% down? It's 3.5%. 3.5% down, okay. And that's the one, I still haven't used my FHA. <laughs> that's the hey, one. Hey, we'll just have a conversation about that. I, I know, right? <laughs> that's the one that, that most people walk into and, and mm -hmm. that's the very first home. Right. And those, you only get one, is that correct? So th there's, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that you can, we'll have a conversation, we can have a conversation okay. about that as well because um, there's different things that you need to do, okay? okay? Uh, but yes, FHA only requires for you to have, uh, allows you to only have one FHA loan. Um, but um, so on conventional, um, it, you know, there's a down payment requirement. It could be anywhere from 3% to 5%. Okay. But there's there's a whole set of different criterias for, for every program. Um, that's one of the things that um, we should really stay away from in reference to, well, hey, how much down payment? Right. Everybody's going to have a different criteria. And they can make things work differently depending on what yes. your situation is. Yes. And now I want to bring up to... Um, investment used to be it was like 10 per 15 percent 40 percent down and then it went down to 15 percent down and then now it's like at 25 percent down is no. that right no it's 20 percent down it's only 25 percent if you want to you uh buy a multi-family okay. okay yeah right. like you know um a triplex you know right. duplex. a quadruplex duplex too or no uh no not a duplex okay. but but a quadruplex um i have to go back to my guidelines because yeah. we have but that's when it starts to yes okay so for a quadruplex for the most part it could be anywhere from uh, 25 30 percent down it just depends on the on the um the type of loan that we're doing but I, i'm gonna leave a little bit of a of a note there that we just i have to go back to look at guidelines guidelines change all the time yeah they, but for the most part the, the percentage for the down payment when it comes to um investment uh for the standard is 20 percent down on a single family I was now there's there's 15 percent down right. as well um, but just keep in mind yeah. that with 15% down, you're going to have mortgage insurance. Yeah, that's right. But it fell off. But you're right. Yeah, because once you get up to 20, then it falls off. But I was able to take advantage of that with, uh, one time. That was that was nice. So, but I heard, I heard I did hear now um, with everything that's gone on with the economy post-pandemic, uh, things have kind of gone back to more. And it falls off at 78% loan to value, not at 80%. Oh, not when, 80. when you own the house, yeah. when you currently own the house, and you want that PMI to come off, then you have to be at 78%. Most likely knowing since I was, since I'm me and I don't keep up with that stuff very well, mm -hmm. I think I was into the territory because I, I talked to him on the phone and they said, well, we'll take a look. I said, I think, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll take a look at it. And they, yeah, sure enough. 
So it's okay. Yeah, if you have those type of questions, you can yeah. definitely contact the, the servicing company, whoever's servicing your loan, and, and have that discussion with them, and, and they'll guide you. And who who do your loans like go out to? Do they go out to different, kind of like just Fannie and Freddie? Is that the two? Well, we, we currently, uh, so we do Fannie, Freddie. We do, um, you know, the VA. Um, so, but everything is under the same umbrella. Well, we, yeah, we, right. yeah, so um, we originate the loans, we process, we underwrite, and we close and we service. Now, we want to talk about another thing here too, because I want to talk about renovations and also uh, a refi. Mm-hmm. We we're talking about cash to credit or cash. Or cash out? Cash out, ref- yeah, cash out refi. And we've all heard of cash out refi. What What is that? How does that work? How much value do you need to have in your home to, to be able to take advantage of that versus what you owe? So um, cash out refinances are, are really good. And there's a lot of people with the interest rates that have gone up. People um, have to just make sure that it's the right fit for them, the right loan for them. Um, let's say, for instance, I'm going to give you a scenario, no one in, you know, uh, specific, but let's say, for instance, you have a, um, your house is um, for easy math. Let's say, for instance, the value of your house is 100000 right? Um, and your balance is 20000 But you know what, Veronica? My house payment is still, you know, I haven't refinanced it. And my, my interest rate is still at 5%. Um, my payment is like, you know, 700 bucks. Okay. But throughout the time, I've, I've accumulated about maybe uh, $1,500 of debt a month. So what can I do? What, what can I do to get rid of that debt may help me monthly? So what you can do is, is again, and it's, it's through a conversation. Um, we'll look to see what the actual value of your house is. And in the state of Texas, we can only lend up to 80% of the value of the home. And in doing that, we can see, hey, listen, you have about maybe five um, credit cards or an installment loan that we can pay off and help you and alleviate some of that burden, right? Through the mortgage. Okay. Okay. So if you're, if, and I'm just going to give you an example also on an interest rate because there's no way of knowing, but I'm going to just say, let's say, for instance, your interest rate is at 7.5. Okay. Gosh, that 7.5 is really high. And, and um, what can I do about about doing anything like, you know, to is it, is it uh, worth my while to do something like that? Right. First of all, 7.5 is not high. It's 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 an interest rate um, and it's it's amortized over, you know, 30 years. Um, but what is high are the credit card interest rates. So if you're talking about um, 21%, um, you know, and even those loans with the, with the banks, you know, if they're 11 or 14%, then you definitely want to think about, hey, you know what, seven and a half percent is not bad at all. And if, especially if I'm no longer gonna have that payment of $1,300 of installment loans or credit card loans, and now I'm just gonna have one and it's all rolled into my mortgage, I can do that. So that'd be even, you can knock out like a line of credit or something like Yeah, that. most definitely. That's pretty good. And that's gonna help your credit. Um, so let's say for instance, you, you know what, um, I, I plan on being in my, in my house for another maybe two years. And I'm trying to maybe consolidate all my loans so that I can buy my my dream home in about two years. Is this going to help me? Absolutely, because now all of a sudden that car that was going up with all this baggage is now lighter. Okay. And again, it's going to allow you to grow your credit. And does it work the same like for home renovations? Is that what people generally do? They they you know they want to upgrade the home and they can just tap into the loan a little bit. Absolutely, we have a renovation loan through purchase or through a refinance. Okay. So let's say, for instance, um, you know, it, everyone's looking for. I've um, heard about the the purchase one. Yeah. Where they can lump it in, and that could, that could come in handy. I've never known anyone did that. But yeah, well, we that. do it. How does that work? Um, so let's say, for instance, um, you're looking to buy a house. I don't know. It could be anywhere. Let's say Yarbrough, right? Okay. 
Um, and you bought this house at, at uh, 120,000 and, and uh, it, it needs some renovations. And it has like a galley kitchen or it has, you know, the bathrooms needs upgrades or whatever. And it still has a green carpet or something. Right. So, um, <laughs> but you know what? They just redid the, the high school. Yeah. Right. And it's close to I-10. And my, my work is not, not more than what, 10 minutes away. And um, so it's centrally located somewhat, and I would love to be there. My my babysitter, my mom or dad, or you know, my babysitter is is about maybe a mile away. Okay. This is ideal. My taxes are probably going to be a, le- a a lot better because in the, it's in that area. So um, I, I want to buy this house, Veronica, but I want to update everything. I want a new kitchen, I want a new bathroom, and and what can I do? So then you would contact me. We would have a conversation. I would ask you for the all the information, full month of pay stubs, you know, W-2s for two years, bank statements for two months. Um, and we're going to look at your debt. We're going to look at the house that you want to buy um, and see if how that's going to work. Um, of course, again, that's the, the, the beginning aspect of it, right? We You have to look at contractors. You have to look at what you want to do, how much you want to put into it. Um, and through the, again, through the conversation, we can see if that's, that's possible. But at least you know uh you don't have to go on the you know the wayside east side or west side or whatever not taking away from the idea that a new home is a new home and it doesn't matter where you go it's it's a new house now and so the more common ones that you see of course are they already own the home and they want to tap into the loan you can do that for upgrades you can do that as well um so let's say for instance i you know i um I, I'm going to put myself in this in this situation because I when I first bought my house uh, 26 years ago, I bought it for 71,000. Okay, and back then, and that was me with my galley kitchen, with my you know right. all that stuff, right? right. And I I was a first time home buyer. Um, I had two kids, and um, I couldn't afford to do all that stuff back then. Right. But today, I've had the house now for uh, again this amount of time, and and now I'm in a position to where I could do all this stuff. Right. right and that's what i did i tapped into my equity of my home nice. a couple of years ago um i did all the renovations i threw down a wall i you know took out carpets i put new tile new bathrooms and everything and now my house is worth uh, 250,000. so but i didn't have to go anywhere else i didn't have to do anything just right. use my house that's and nice. upgrade it and and that this is kind of an interesting thing too um as far as like does the process change or, or how does it change or vary if you're going to use the home as a business when you're purchasing a home as far as the loan type or is it just the same? So it's, um, there's a couple of things. If, if currently your, um, your tax returns show that you have a business, right? And then you currently, um, like for instance, I'm a hairstylist. Okay. And yeah, Veronica, you know what? I've always been a history I've, where I lived before. I use my home and I'm going to do that now. So long that that um, I've done that, I can see the revenue from it. Okay. Now, as far as underwriting, I we would I would need to provide that information in there. If because I'm going to use my business, at, my home as a business, I would need to run that through underwriting. And with 23 years of experience, I haven't run across every situation, but um, the great thing about where you work or where I work anyways, is that it just takes a you know conversation with my underwriter. I ask her the right questions and they come back with me. I'm not gonna say right now and tell you that, oh yeah, we do that all the time. Cause again, I, I haven't had that happen. It doesn't mean that people don't do that. It just in, in the process of applying for a mortgage, uh, you definitely want to be upfront about what you want to do. Yeah, and sure. I just need to ask the, the, the bank needs to know right. ultimately. Right. 
Okay. And okay, I want to thank you very much, Veronica Regosa with UHM. Now, I want to ask you some questions really quickly because um, where can people go to to get more information as far as being able to contact you uh, and getting some help as far as the initial part of the home buying process? Well, uh, again, my uh, the, the name of the company is Union Home Mortgage. Uh, we're located at 2300 uh, George Dieter, and um, we're an equal housing lender. Our NMLS number is 422 um I'm sorry, 2229. Uh, my NMLS number is 493302. Uh, and if they, if someone wants to call me and have a conversation, my number, cell number is 915-383-8481. Um, I really work uh, really well with individuals who prefer to email. In today's, everybody's yeah. so busy. Veronica B. Regosa at UHM.com. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so that much. Was good. Learn a lot. Cool.